Welcome, occupants of interplanetary craft, to the inscrutable Brimble Banks Brothers Electronic Storytime presentation of Infinite Love. Now close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think upon the recitation we're about to sing as I turn you over to the Brimble Banks Brothers themselves, Bentley and Jameson Brimble Banks. is here. Oh, very good. Good afternoon. Terry Strawman of Strawman Deliveries. Good afternoon. Follow us. We'll show you the way out to the stables where you can deliver your straw. All righty. Hopefully I can get it all in there before the rain makes it over this way. Oh, I don't think it's expected to rain today. Huh? It's already raining next door. Oh, that's just because they're having a funeral next door. It always rains when the Ashworths bury one of their family members. Huh? Have you heard which one it is this time, Brother Bentley? Yes, Brother Jameson. Jeremy Kenneth Ashworth III. The artist? Oh, dear. He was rather young. Well, that ain't unusual. For the Ashworths? <laughs> Quite true. I mean, for artists. You know, that type. Excuse me? Well, just a lot of, you know, fruity types. What the devil? Do you know how you sound, sir? What? Have a seat. My brother and I are going to tell you a story. Have a seat on what? You're carrying a bale of hay, aren't you? Set it down and have a seat on that. You know, I got other deliveries to make to- Have, have a seat. seat. Alrighty. Astronaut Captain Addison Rodman was already thousands of light years out into space when she received the message. Oh, no. Not space. Space? What's wrong with space? I just... Bentley, I'm not the biggest fan of science fiction. They can't all be candlelit sanctuaries and gloomy cemeteries. I don't see why not. Space! Oh, very well. Astronaut Captain Addison Rodman was already thousands of light years out into space when she received the message. When one is on a space-spanning voyage to find a hospitable new world to house the human race, one grows accustomed to the unexpected. Or so Captain Addison had come to think. This message, however, was still a bit shocking. She woke up her husband, astronaut Evan Rodman, and told him the news. Everyone is dead. Ugh, why did you wake me up just to tell me that? Addison was alarmed at her husband's nonchalant response to what she considered a fairly alarming revelation. Evan, I don't think you heard me. Everyone is dead. And I don't think you heard me when I told you to stop reading those books. Every other chapter, they killed Prince Rottentooth. They killed Sir Lantelion. I told you, sooner or later, that bloodthirsty author is going to kill everyone. I'm surprised you're so shocked by it. I'm not talking about those books, Evan. I'm talking about real life. Wait, what? Everyone is dead. Who everyone? Everyone. Everyone. Where everyone? Everyone back on Earth. But we're trying to find a new home for the human race. Apparently they got tired of waiting. The message was a little garbled, but something about war breaking out over remaining farmland and dwindling resources... 
Things got heated, buttons got pushed. NASA got a message out to us when the missiles were closing in. But they couldn't wait? We were looking for a new- We still are, honey. That's still the mission. But now the human race, it's just us. In the weeks to come, Addison and Evan went through the traditional stages of grief for the rest of the human race. Denial. It can't be true. I don't believe everyone is dead. Anger. I'm so mad that everyone is dead. Bargaining. God, I will bargain with you if you will make everyone not dead. Depression. I'm so sad that everyone is dead. Country music. Wanna give up? I just wanna can it. They took my dog and took my home and my old goldern planet. Eating their feelings. This astronaut ice cream is so delicious. And finally, acceptance. Okay, I accept that everyone is dead. With the grim reality of their unfortunate position as the sole survivors of the human race finally fully embraced, the Rodmans renewed their efforts to find a homeworld with an increased sense of purpose. But despite their determination, this was no easy task, for on every planet they encountered, something made it inhospitable. Chromia 1, officially too hot. Chromia 2, no water. Chromia 3, too many 90-foot-tall carnivorous spiders. Valian 1, too cold. Valian 2, I feel like the colors of those mountains would drive me nuts after a while. Valiant 3. Too gassy. It's not the only one. Oh, you stop. Kidding. I'm kidding. Look, I know things have been crazy lately with the near annihilation of the human race and our desperate quest to find a new place to live and repopulate. But I just wanted to say, if I have to be stuck out here in the endless void of space, I'm glad I'm stuck here with you. Thanks, babe. That's Captain Babe. Aye, aye, Captain Babe. Permission to kiss the captain? Permission granted. Did we just get so sexy we set off the fire alarm? It's not the fire alarm, that's the proximity alert. But we're not near any planets or moons or- There! Incoming giant space lamprey. in space. Worry about that after it doesn't eat us. Initiating evasive maneuvers, Captain. Hit it! Hitting it! Why aren't we moving? It seems to have latched on with some kind of... It's its tongue! Firing rear lasers! That did it! Punch it! Punching it! Creature is in pursuit! I can't shake it! Uh, jump to Wizzo speed! No coordinates are set! We don't know where it'll take us. Computer says the path is at least clear. That's good enough for me. Aye, aye, Captain. We made it. But where are we? I'm not sure that it makes much. Hey, check out that blue and green planet. Scanning. Readings look positive. Plenty of water, decent climate, oxygen, fertile soil. Wow. Wait. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what? Well, it's pretty much perfect. I'm guessing that's why it's already inhabited. How inhabited? Plant life, animal life, and artificial structures suggesting intelligent life. But all at levels well within the planet's ability to sustain. More details are needed, but it looks like the planet could handle the human race moving in. Well, it's still the best option we've found so far. Orders, Captain? Take us in. Let's go meet the new neighbors. 
On their way toward the surface of the alien planet, the Rodmans attempted to engage the native population below with various communication methods, but none seemed to be resulting in a response. Their approach did not go unnoticed, though, as a crowd of the planet dwellers swarmed around the shining silver craft as it landed in the middle of a broad green field. Well, Captain, here we are. Here we are. A kiss for luck? You got it. Now open the hatch. There was a rush of air into the ship as the hatch opened. There was something comforting and familiar to the smell of the air, almost like spring lilacs. Almost. It helped assuage the astronauts' nerves as they walked down the plank into the alien world. The people approaching them on all sides looked surprisingly and reassuringly humanoid. They seemed just slightly taller than Earthlings on the average. Skin tones were blues and oranges, but aside from those differences, they looked very much like humans. A light blue-skinned man wearing a navy-colored jumpsuit with silver piping stepped forward and spoke. I'm sorry, I I don't understand. I'm Captain Addison... Moment, please. You're in place, Cecil. We come in peace. Dallin's Rex moment longer for our universal translator to finish processing. Hey, I understood that! Oh, good. The universal translators have done their job. Welcome to Zerulnik. Thank you. I am Captain Addison Rodman from the planet Earth. We come in peace. We welcome you in peace. I am Officer Clagon, a local law enforcement official. Thank you, Officer. And this is my husband, Astronaut Evan Rodman. Husband? Yeah, you know, life partner. Mate? Arrest them. Arrest the aliens immediately. You have the right to remain silent while we stop for this message from one of our sponsors. Or you can screech like a chimpanzee. Either way, I just don't care. Okay, let's go over this rocket space inventory before heading out. Wait more. Okay, astronaut Dave. Space suit. Check. Space laser pistol. Check. Astronaut ice cream. Check. What flavor? Ch- what? What flavor? Neapolitan, of course. The only flavor it comes in. Zog! Not anymore. Why, there are a whole universe of flavors available at 2001 A Taste Odyssey. The astronaut ice cream shop that boldly goes where no astronaut ice cream shop has gone before. I'm fine heading out with just Neapolitan. Dave, I'm afraid I can't let you do that. What? Not when there are so many flavors just waiting to be discovered at 2001 A Taste Odyssey. Okay, like what? Blue Moon, Martian Mint, Peanut Butter Blaster, Okay. Zygons and Cream, Hutter Pecan, Triple Ripple, uh, Pod People Parfait, Face Hugger Crunch, and Kuatu Fudge. Okay, I'm sold. Well, you'd better stock up before liftoff, because in space, no one can hear you scream. For ice cream. We now return you to the inscrutable Brimble Banks Brothers electronic story time presentation of Secret of the Rainbow Planet.
Captain Addison Rodman took a deep breath. It was no use letting her anger get the better of her. If she was going to talk her way out of this situation, it was going to take logic, not emotion. Please, what we said when we got off our ship is still true. We come in peace. We mean you no harm. You have to believe me, Senator Pakenex. Senator Pakenex was a woman with aqua skin and hair the pink orange of a lovely sunset. She, too, was trying her best to stay patient. And as I've said, we believe you. But whether you intend harm or not, your kind is dangerous. Inherently dangerous. Because we're humans? Because you are heterosexuals. I don't understand why you think that makes us dangerous. You don't? No. It's just wrong. Can't you see that? It goes against our very culture, our traditions. But surely there must be heterosexuals here. There are not. But then how do you reproduce? You don't... You don't mean to say your kind still reproduces the way of animals? Of course we do. How disgusting. Here on Zeralnik, we're better than animals. We are free to choose partners of our own gender without danger of inadvertent procreation. But, but what about love? We do love our partners. I love my wife very much. But what about heterosexual love? An aberration that we on Zeronek have cured. Where is my husband? You don't have a husband. Not on Zeronek. Where is Evan? He is being taken care of elsewhere. If you have hurt him, on I- On the contrary, we are trying to cure him. Meanwhile, miles away, Evan was lashed to a chair, and not at all enjoying a conversation with a representative of Zeronik's most prominent religion, Minister Chart, an amber-skinned man with dark red robes. You can't hold me like this. I've done nothing wrong. Of course you have not. We are not punishing you. Kind of feels like you are. We intend to cleanse you. Great. Untie me. Point me toward the nearest shower and I'll be on my way. We intend to cleanse you of your sinful desires. My desires for my wife? Sorry, sorry. Trying not to throw up here. Yes, your sinful, disgusting desires for your wife. We shall relieve you of them. Listen, pal. I've seen that woman hungover and clipping her toenails in the living room while eating cinnamon sugar pickle chips. If that didn't cleanse me of my desire for her, I don't think you're going to have any better luck. We shall see, Mr. Rodman. We shall see. Meanwhile... Look, let me try something different. I understand you're scared. We are not scared. And that we're different from you, and that can be alarming. Where I'm from, we used to, well, we used to have discrimination too. In fact, it took us a long, long time to get past it and accept that love exists in many forms and that it isn't how people love that we need to be worried about, but how people hate. I can tell your people are intelligent and I have to believe that you'll get there someday too. Why not start now? You are confused. If you can't accept my husband and I into your society, 
at least just let us go. I'm afraid we can't do that. Our people know you are here. They need to see that we are helping you. They need to see we are eliminating the threat. What threat? So I'm in love with a man. What does that take away from anyone? What danger is that to you? Why are you here, Captain? Because life on my planet was destroyed. You left your planet well before that. Because we knew our planet was going to run out of resources to sustain human life. And why is that, Captain? It's a very complicated question, Senator. There are many reasons that Give we Give me a few of them. There were times not long ago that we didn't understand how fragile our planet was. We thought there was nothing we could do to hurt it. How did you hurt it? Again, there are many reasons to that, but, but I... But I don't understand how a few members of an intelligent species... There weren't a few members. Well, a sustainable number. There were billions of us. Too many. Too many people for your planet to sustain. Yes. And do you understand why that happened? Go to hell. Because of your aberrant heterosexual lifestyle. People free to mate like wild animals. People free to reproduce like a virus until you've made your planet so sick it could no longer live. Well, that's not going to happen here, do you hear me? Meanwhile... And now, with the sacred orb placed around your neck, we shall pray together to the great celestial intelligence. Shall we? Repeat after me. Alula chalula davun. Sure, why not? Alula chalula Good. Hale malan Hey, what do you know? I'm no longer attracted to women. Good job. Now, if you'll just untie me, I'll be on my way. Really? I'm amazed at how quickly that worked. Yep, it's a miracle. Praise be to, you know, whoever. Let us say one last prayer to strengthen you. Okay, but just one more and I gotta go. Hamama Khalil Talandu. Hamama Khalil Talandu. Wow! That did make it even stronger. Aha! You're faking. That last prayer was just nonsense. Ugh, it's all just nonsense. Blasphemy! Halula Chaludavun. Boom shakalaka. Meanwhile. Enough arguing, Captain. You cannot force us to accept your sick ways. I don't even care if you accept us or embrace us. Just leave us alone! An explosion from somewhere outside shook the room. Oh no, not them. Who is it? The straighties. This is getting too exciting for me. I need to take a break to cool down my circuits. Let's chill for a minute with a musical break. And now, coming all the way from planet Earth, here's our musical guest, Wild Ponies, with Love Is Not A Sin. I know love is not a sin I know love is 
is not a sin From the time that I was put here Till he calls me home again I know love is not a sin Turn you to the inscrutable Brimble Banks Brothers electronic story time presentation of Space Gaze. Addison could hear the sounds of conflict outside growing louder and ever closer. By straighties, do you mean. Yes, the heterosexual underground. Sick rebels. I thought you said there weren't any heteros here. Well, not many. 
There are a few disturbed individuals who choose to make a spectacle of themselves. Right. They chose your persecution. And now you and your husband's presence here has them all riled up. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get through to you, Captain. As she said this, the senator pulled a sleek silver laser from the holster at her hip. Now I will have to ensure that they can't use you as a symbol of... The door and much of the wall around it suddenly blew into the room. One of the plastic blocks that made up the wall struck the senator in the head, knocking her to the ground, unconscious. Addison noted the orange blood trickling from Senator Pakenix's temple looked lovely against her aquamarine skin. Captain Addison Rodman? Yes? We're the hetero underground. We're here to rescue you. My husband? Hello, Captain. We've already rescued him, too. Hello, Captain! Evan! Hello! I don't love you anymore. They prayed me gay. He's kidding. I can tell he's kidding. And with that, Addison and Evan Rodman embraced and kissed. A guard ran into the room and was about to draw his gun, but became uncontrollably ill at the sight of the couple expressing their affection. Let's get you two out of here. The straighties, offensive, sorry, the hetero underground, led Addison and Evan back to their ship, fighting off various law enforcement agencies that attempted to stop them along the way. Here's your ship. We've refueled it for you. Sorry, there's only room enough for the two of us. Yeah, too bad we can't take you with us. We wouldn't go if you could. This is our home, and there are others here who still need us. Well, good luck to you. Ow! One of the law enforcement officers had appeared suddenly around the corner and fired a laser bolt that struck Evan in the leg. I got him. You two had better get out of here quickly. Right, come on, honey. Ow, ow, ow! Leaving the rebels behind, the Earth astronauts fired up their ship and sailed away from Zeronik. And whether the people there ever learned to accept people who loved differently from them, they would never know. They had more immediate concerns to attend to. Fortunately, no one from Zeronik pursued. Apparently, getting the Rodmans off their planet was good enough to stop worrying about them. Then there was Evan's injured leg to attend to, and last, but not least, finding a new home for the human race. After a few weeks of exploring, they finally found another planet that looked promising, but it too came with the complication of already being populated. Maybe we should keep looking. I don't think so. We're running out of fuel, and I think we might find that most of the planets can sustain life, do. Besides, if they're intelligent, maybe they can help with your leg. My leg is fine. No, it isn't. Well, it will be. I'd like if a doctor could confirm that. Take us down. Once more, Evan found them a safe place to land. A large cleared area with some kind of smooth artificial surface. Once more, as they landed, the local inhabitants surrounded the ship. Well, let's head out there and meet the welcoming committee. Not us, just me. You're wounded, and I need to make sure it's safe first. Come on. I said I'm fine. Look, I... I'm fine. You're staying put until I decide it's safe. That's an order. I hate it when you pull rank. Addison opened the hatch and once again stepped out to a strange alien world. There were creatures of an astonishing variety all around her. Some bipedal and humanoid, 
some with multiple legs, some balanced on tails, others hovering in the air. There were beings with one eye, two eyes, a hundred eyes, or none. Tentacles, horns, feathers, scales, antenna, and features that defied earthly analogy. The varied assemblage was both extremely beautiful and extraordinarily intimidating. Captain Addison Rodman remembered her training and summoned her courage. Greetings. I am Captain Addison Rodman of Planet Earth. My partner and I come to your planet in peace. Rather conveniently for both Captain Rodman and for us, this planet's translation devices worked very quickly. Out of the crowd, a single being floated forward. A bright green orb with five compound eyes and a beak sticking straight upward out of the top of its head. I'm Gleemox. Welcome to Nadarin. We welcome you in peace. Thank you. I see this world is home to many intelligent species. It is indeed. Beings from all over the cosmos have come to settle here. I have come here with my husband, seeking a new home. You will find one here. To be clear, my husband is male. I am a female. Is that a problem? Of course not. Love and all its infinite varieties are welcome to mix here on Nadarin. We're going to be okay. As she heard her husband's uneven footsteps approaching, Addison announced him to the assemblage. Citizens of Nedouin, allow me to introduce my husband, my partner, my mate, astronaut Evan Rodman. Hi, folks! The crowd gasped in shock. <gasps> One six-legged shaggy deer-like creature threw up. How disgusting! What? What did I do? I don't understand. I thought you said any kind of love was welcome here. Any mixture of love. You two are beings of the same species. It's disgusting. It's wrong. What? Wait, I don't understand. Please achieve. Execute No! Lasers, you must know, move very quickly. Yet, perhaps nothing moves so quickly as the human mind. In the moment between Gleevox giving the order and the laser tears pulling the trigger, Captain Addison Rodman managed to turn her eyes to her husband Evan and found him looking back towards her. There was no time for more. No last embrace, no touch of the hands, and no time for final endearments to pass between them. And yet, perhaps, there was no need for any of that either. They had locked eyes, eyes that spoke volumes, and that was enough. It would have to be enough, that final, infinite instant. Out of the corner of their eyes, they could see the ever-encroaching orange glow, but neither chose to look towards it. They had crossed countless kilometers of the cosmos and had never found home. But they had also never lost it. That it? What? That the end of the story? Well, yes. Okay. Gonna finish delivering the straw now? But if 
Don't you feel bad about what you said before? About what? About what? I want to go finish delivering the strife and that's alright with you two prissy dandies. What an infuriating cad! I was sure a good story would set him straight. Well, sometimes it takes more than one story to change someone's point of view, my brother. What a lousy straw man. Indeed. Would you feel better if we went to go get some ice cream? Can I throw mustard balloons at children along the way? Well, okay. Yay! You have been listening to the inscrutable Brimble Banks Brothers Electronic Storytime presentation of Infinite Love, or the Angry Pink Planet, written by Brody H. Sprocky, and starring Brody H. Sprocky as Bentley Brimble Banks, and Justin Didovic as Jameson Brimble Banks. This episode's story featured the voice talents of Heather Wing as Captain Addison Rodman, Ryan M. Wilcox as Evan Rodman, Abby Rajko as Senator Pakinex, and a hetero underground rebel, Chris Grimm as Minister Chot, and Officer Clagan. Patrick Johnson as Jerry Strawman, and a hetero underground rebel, and Justin Vidovic as Gleevox. This episode's commercial was 2001 Flavors, written by Brody H. Sprocky, and starring Scott Longpree and David Melcher. To learn the whole story about the neighbor being buried at the start of this episode, check out the Brimblebanks Brothers' new YouTube channel where you can watch tales of the Ashworths, the artist. This episode's musical guest was Wild Ponies, with the song, Love Is Not A Sin. Be sure to check out their website www.wildponies.net to hear more of their music, see videos, and learn when you can see them on tour. If you'd like to hear more of our stories, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for more Brimblebanks Brothers fun. You like fun, don't you? Don't you? Until next time, this is the Voxbot 5000 for the Brimblebanks Brothers closing tonight with a quote from the late great Rod Serling. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, ideas, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. For the record, prejudices can kill, and suspicion can destroy. Voxbot 5000, signing off.